Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kuzmeski. Today I'm interviewing Eleanor Blaney. Eleanor is the consumer advocate for the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards. She is also the author of Women's Worth, a book about how women can make the most of their financial lives. She is passionate about finding ways to foster gender parity in the financial planning profession. And so I am so excited to have Eleanor join me today. Thank you, Eleanor. Well, I'm delighted to be with you as well, Mary Beth. Thank you. So there is this issue of gender parity in the financial industry, just like there is in, you know, the tech industry and engineering and things like that. Um, all of the research and the work that you've done, why do you think that, that this still continues to be an issue? Well, there are, there are a number of reasons, and we outlined this in 2014. We did some groundbreaking research of the, uh, you know, let's say the stakeholders both in and outside the financial planning profession and looked at some of the barriers. In essence, there are two buckets. There are several things in those buckets, but the buckets are, first of all, uh, an awareness problem, a knowledge gap, and it's a knowledge gap between men and women about the profession. Men know more. Maybe they have been groomed or cultured to know more about the financial services industry and financial advisors. Um, women do not. But there's also a problem of you can't be what you can't see. So there's a circularity to all of this. We found our starting point for the research was that there were in the CFP population, which now numbers about 77,000, 23% are women. And that number has not changed for a very long time. Um, so, you know, if... If young girls need role models or, or young women students need role models, there aren't too many to see. And I will speak personally. I've always been very lonely sometimes in this profession. Mm -hmm. uh, so awareness, understanding what is financial planning, what's involved, not knowing that, in fact, there's so many aspects about financial planning that are very appealing to women that speak to some of their instincts instincts and, and skills, relationship skills and communication. The other bucket, and this is a much harder, harder one to deal with, and that has to do with bias, gender discrimination, cultural attitudes, conscious or unconscious that hold women back. Mm. Well, you know, and I think that probably what you talked about, those two buckets are probably very similar in other um, industries as well, where there is some gender parity. And, you know, I think that it is, um, it's great that you're doing what you're doing in terms of the, uh, you know, trying to find ways in the CFP board women's initiative. Talk a little bit about, well, first, actually, why don't you just share what a CFP is? Now, a lot of our audience knows what that is, but why don't you just share what that is since you work at the CFP board of standards, who, you know, is responsible for the CFP designation? Right, I'd be happy to. Well, the CFP board, and now it's a newly created organization, it's separate, the Center for Financial Planning. 
Well, let me start with the CFP board. Excuse me. So the CFP board is the certifying agency. It is the it's organization, nonprofit. It has a public benefit mission to help the public by certifying professionals in financial planning through examination, education, ethics, and experience. And so it really sets the highest bar for the practice of financial planning and uh, has the ability to, you know, supervise the practice of financial planning practitioners. And if there are, you know, alleged abuses of our ethical code, it does in fact have an enforcement function as well uh, with regard to the individual's ability to hold the mark. So the CFP board oversees approximately, as I said earlier, 77,000 professionals in this country. Now, uh, last year, about a year and a month ago, in December of 2015, the CFP board created a new Center for Financial Planning, which also has very much a public and professional mission, which is to build the sustainability of the workforce in financial planning and the diversity of our workforce, as well as to create an academic home for the practice of financial planning. And the three, the three focus areas are all integral to one another as well. Um, the idea here is that as we stand now, there are a lot more old people in financial planning. And I say that um, because I can, I'm one of them. I'm, I'm definitely of that older generation, very close to not retirement, but retirement age. And we're top heavy in that regard. We have not been able or we haven't managed to attract younger people in the profession in the numbers that we need them. We have not been able to attract a truly representative workforce of the population that we're serving, uh, meaning African-American women, um, people of color, and the generational diversity that I spoke about. And so this is a major focus of the Center for Financial Planning. So what are some of the in Washington, D.C., by the way, and um, uh, both the center as well as CFP board are here in Washington. Got it. So what are some of the things that you are doing or that the organization is doing to maybe try to attract younger people? I know that there's been quite a bit of advertising recently just on this CFP designation and, and getting more public perception around that. But in terms of looking for younger people to participate and this diversity issue, what are some of the things that you guys are doing? Well, we're really, again, if you think again about those two buckets, we've been doing a lot on the awareness side and we're now beginning to plan for more work on the firm and the firm culture side. So in terms of awareness, we have created a win advocate program that is nationwide. We probably have over 400 win advocates. These are women and men who are willing to go out to the target audiences, to young people, to 
girls in particular, girls in high school, girls in or women, young women in MBA programs, women who are studying for their CFP, they're willing to go out and talk about the profession and really give them an idea of what's involved to dispel some of these notions that, you know, we all wear dark eye shades and just heads down compiling numbers and really introduce them to the relational aspects, the public-facing aspects of financial planning, the creative, the problem-solving. It is much bigger um, and more robust and more attractive, I will say, than a lot of people believe. So we're, we're working on that awareness. We have partnered with a number of girls' organizations, namely an organization called Invest in Girls, which is a financial literacy program that's brought to schools here on the East Coast. We've partnered with an organization called Rock the Street Wall Street, which also does financial literacy in various locations in the United States, very much with a view to getting girls to consider careers in finance. And we have uh, partnered with the National Coalition of Girls' Schools, a wonderful organization. We spoke at their conference last year. We hope to go back this year. And again, we're trying to get speakers, uh, representatives from the profession into the schools to tell our story. In that same vein, we uh, are working on a Faces and Voices of a Diverse CFPs campaign. This is going to be launched in next month. And we're really showing, you know, a day in the life of a financial planner, a financial plan, an African American, a woman, a Latino, a Latina, um, to really give younger people a sense of, you know, what what it looks like, what it feels like. And, and, and we know that that is very, very powerful. So those are two examples of the awareness part. We're also working with the Forte Foundation, which is an organization that's dedicated to women in business programs and in MBAs. And we're getting the word out about financial planning to women who are you know, contemplating getting the MBA or contemplating business. I myself am an MBA. I know so many women in this profession who have their MBAs. So this, again, is another audience to raise awareness. As far as the firm culture, we are working with firms. We are just about to launch a an initiative in partnership with an organization that advises women who are coming back into the workplace, usually after a break, after family, you know, spending time at home with children or whatever, a significant break. And so we're working with with an organization that helps these women regain the confidence, the professional tools, the, you know, catch up with the, the the industry that they're looking at, and we're doing a project in financial planning to be with uh, some firms to create internships with the idea that uh, uh, hopefully a full-time offer will be made. So we're, um, we call it our financial planning reentry initiative, um, and we're very excited about about that and our partner, iRelaunch, who has done a phenomenal job in working with women who are, by the way, a very significant demographic, women who have been professionals, who've left the workplace and are coming back.
So that's one example of what we're doing with firms. Well, that's wonderful. And I think that all the things you talked about are a great model for, you know, even other industries to think, well, what are the ways that we can attract more women or, you know, showing examples and being able to really make it real. And I, and I think, oh, and by the way, we're, um, we're big fans of Rock the Street, Wall Street here at the Female Insight Zone. I interviewed Maura Cunningham um, a few months ago, and she is just wonderful. And I just absolutely love what, what they're doing um, and, and glad that the CFP board is, is participating as well with, uh, with what she's doing there. But talk a little bit about why. So, for instance, one of the things that I think is, and you mentioned it before with the dark shades and, you know, just sort of like the the kind of person that maybe kind of industry that maybe a woman wouldn't be that interested in. But why is this industry so great for women? Because I, of course, think that it is, of course, as a financial advisor to be in this industry. But I don't think people know about that because we think it's like this, you know, number crunching kind of a thing. So what's so great about this industry? Well, um, let me talk from my own experience. I went and got an MBA from the University of Chicago way, way back. Before that, maybe this is relevant. I've always thought it's relevant. I was an English and French lit major. So I obviously had that arts interest and, and background, got my MBA, came out and came to Washington, got into management consulting and was working with one of the consulting firms that we call a Beltway Bandit. These are basically firms that uh, are all around the district, and they help the government with implement and design, you know, government programs. At least that was the case back then. And um, it was a great job. It was a great job for an MBA. I was really proud that I was hired right at the median salary level for my class. Um, at the University of Chicago. And, you know, I thought that was great given I had no business background. And like I said, I was an English major (laughs) transformed into an MBA. So I really felt like I was coming out truly a business person. Uh, Worked with this organization, a lot of upward mobility, a lot of recognition. I mean, I got good reviews. It was all go, all green. One problem, I hated what I was doing. Oh. It was in, in all fairness, I, I was missing something. Let's just put it that way. And what I was missing, we were working with government agencies to design programs and so forth. What I found in working with a government agency, I couldn't make eye contact with the government. I couldn't, I couldn't have a relationship with a government agency per se. Um, I really craved the kind of personal and human dimension and the sense that I was really, you know, making a difference. So it was at that time I heard about financial planning and everything I heard and read really intrigued me. I talked to financial planners and we're talking, this is now 20, oh my goodness, this is now almost 30 years ago and the financial planning profession has evolved since then, but I I knew I had found a practice where I would create these meaningful relationships where I'd be helping people changing their lives and using, you know, my knowledge, my special expertise, which I acquired by getting my CFP, getting my certification. But 
it was really that sense of purpose and meaning that was really important to me. And I found that in financial planning. And I've seen so many women thrive in financial planning by doing what they do best, working with the people they like to work with most, really finding a creative outlet for their many interests within the financial planning field. So I think that talents, and I know musicians who've come into the field as well as doctors, and they've all find that they've all found that sense of connection. I mean, we all know how desperately Americans need help with their personal finances. If there were ever a social cause or a, you needed a redeeming purpose to, a, to your career, here it is. And I think that that has huge appeal to women and huge appeal to millennials as well. That sense of really having a social dimension to what you do as opposed to just pushing around numbers. It's right. about people. It's about behavior. Yes, it's it, there's a lot of numbers and you, you know, the tax code has all sorts of ridiculous numbers in it. And um, yeah, you need to know that. But it's really about people, how they uh, see, how they think about money, how they behave about money. And it's fascinating. Well, yes. And, and you mentioned, you know, meaning, and I think that's really it. This is such a meaningful where you're actually helping people. I think some of the perception is, well, I'm going to have to sell people things that they don't want. And that's just not what this industry about is about. It's not about sales. Um, it's about when you help someone and you really go through and can help them with putting together their financial picture and then, you know, identifying solutions that can be a part of that. It's not selling at all. It's really about delivering what people actually want. And the other thing that I think that sometimes people think about is that, well, I don't have enough education. I don't, I'm not sure that I'm even that great myself about this. And that's where the CFP Board of Standards comes in because of the CFP designation. There is so much education behind that. You can go to school at several, you know, you can take courses at several universities across the country. Talk a little bit about that, about that educational piece and what, you know, getting the CFP um, certification actually does in terms terms of giving you all the knowledge you need? Well, it really does prepare you. And the basis of the educational uh, curriculum, the required curriculum, is very much based on, you know, what professionals, what practitioners need to know. So there is a census done, and I believe it's every 10 years where the profession, the CFP professionals are surveyed and asked, you know, what what are the what are the topic areas that they need to be very aware of skilled in in order to serve the public so that then feeds into at the educational program so it's relevant um, to ultimately practicing you know and again the CFP board is supervises, I believe it's over 300 or more, and, and hopefully we will grow this number, registered programs around the country. And one of the efforts, by the way, of the center is to create more registered programs. These are the, these are the educational providers that are approved by CFP board. And we want to make sure that you know, that financial planning really becomes a discipline like accounting. And there's, there's research being done because we, that will attract more faculty, will create more students, 
will create more supply of younger CFPs into into our profession. But the registered programs, the what's incredible is, or what's really valuable, I think, to people who may be thinking about, or how would I do this? First of all, you can go online, cfp.net, and learn more about these registered programs and the requirements. But there's really a form of education that works for just about anybody. Um, so there's classroom. Classroom where you can, you know, sit in a classroom, be with other students, learn with other students um, in colleges and universities. But there's also a lot of online providers, adult sort of adult education type of programs that can be combined with your day job, if you will. So there's lots of ways to learn. And we now have a let's see, a P board has created a forum on uh, LinkedIn for those people who are studying or preparing for the exam to talk to one another, exchange, you know, ideas about what's the best, you know, what's the best registered program? How can I get study materials and so forth? So we're building community around that education education piece. We also have a win to win. I didn't mention this earlier, but I definitely should have. We do have a win to win. Win stands for women's initiative. A mentor program where we have CFPs who are willing to talk to those interested, primarily to women, those women who are interested, just interested in, you know, learning about the profession, or maybe they've signed on for the first course, or they're preparing for the exam, you can get yourself a mentor to talk you through, you know, whatever it is that you need to have more knowledge, more confidence, a contact or whatever, because research has shown us that those uh, candidates for CFP certification who have someone you know, who have a contact to a professional who's been there, done that, and can speak to those issues are far more successful. Well, that is absolutely wonderful. I think you guys have really this, this all the educational piece, the whole thing sort of figured out into really being able to take this industry to the next level. So thank you so much, Eleanor, for participating in this um, podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Lots of great information. Well, thank you. And um, I just want to call out one thing. I know that your audience is, is, uh, includes any number of financial advisors as well as firms in the financial uh, advisory space as well as for, you know, managers, C, uh, C level, uh, executives. So I want to, I want to, uh, call out or, to those in the industry that are really committed to the diversity ideals that are now embodied in our new center, that really are serious about and recognize that more diversity is is greater human capital. Um, you know, particularly when we think about gender, I mean, if you if you are doing the same things in the same way with the same people, you're really cutting out a half of a talent pool and by investing in a wider range of professionals there's all sorts of evidence that this improves outcomes from you know uh, metrics in terms of profitability metrics and in, in terms of staff 
staff morale, uh, productivity of teams. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons to invest in diversity. So if there are firms in the financial planning space that are really committed to diversity and inclusion, we would love to hear from you because we're thinking about ways of how we can bring those really committed firms together to learn together and to be true game changers um, with respect to diversity in this profession. So you can reach out to me. I'm at, uh, I'm E. Blaney, B-L-A-Y-N-E-Y at cfp.net. And I'd love to hear from people who might be interested in not just learning about it, but really sort of getting on the you know ground level and working with others on this issue. That's absolutely wonderful. And I know you can also be reached at Eleanor Blaney uh, on Twitter as well. So thank you again so much for participating in today's podcast. Well, thank you. And I just want to, I just want to call out all that you've done for women. Um, you and I have gotten to know each other through the Women's Advisor Forum. Um, I'm sorry, Women Advisor Summit of Investment News. Yes. And you are phenomenal. And your message about, and this is one message that is, has been, um, something I have learned over my, over my career. And that is, defining your unique value. And so often, and I and you say this so brilliantly and so well, so often our unique value is not what we do. Mm-hmm. No, I do financial planning or I do, you know, work around diversity and so forth. That is what I do. There are many, many, many other people who do that too. Why I do it is the most important thing that is your that is your calling card, and and that's where the passion and the energy and the uniqueness uh, reside. And you you have shared that lesson so uh, amazingly, spectacularly well. And I want to thank you. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.